So here's a phrase that I'm sort of tired of hearing. And it's hot take. Have you oh. heard about this? The hot take? Yeah, is, isn't that like the, the hot cakes you get at McDonald's? Like the pancakes? Is there a version of the pancake? Hot cakes? I would kill someone for a pancake right now. No, no, Are hot you cake. kidding me? What about hot cake? I would I would also kill someone for a hot cake right now. You know what I wouldn't kill someone for? A hot take. Okay. Because I I, I wake up every morning and I uh, do what every American does and I log on to Twitter and I see sort of just what's going on in the world and the amount of like, like quote unquote hot takes I see, it's just baffling to me because here's the thing, Justin. A lot of the times they're not hot takes. It's, <laughs> it, it, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I think for a hot take to be hot, it has to be like a fresh new thought or idea. But I, fe- I see just people just saying like, I disliked this game and that's my hot take. And yes, that's your opinion. But do I believe that is a hot take? I don't. I just, I just don't. And I'm Justin. Tired of it. I'm just tired, tired of, of hearing the hot people. Takes. I am. I am. I guess I guess I'm not tired of people's opinions because I like people's opinions, but I'm people I'm tired of the branding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The branding of because I feel like when you say here's a hot take, it's kind of like I'm about to say something that's going to spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. But then people are like, "Hot take: Breath of the Wild is bad," and it's like, "Oh, it's not yeah. a hot take. It's just it's wrong. Opinion. It's just a thought. It's just a just an opinion." Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? Well, speaking of which, I do have a hot take. I'm not a fan oh, of pancakes. Gosh. What? Really? Yeah. And when you say you're not a fan of pancakes, can you quantify that a little bit? Like, uh, if I never ate a pancake again, I'd be okay with that. Hmm. If they suddenly were extinct or I woke up realizing that it was just a dream I had for all, all the years of my life that pancakes were a thing and it was just a dream, I would be okay with that. That's interesting. Are you a fan of waffles? Am I a fan of waffles? Like, the it's like Pancake's brother. Those are those are a thing? Waff- Wait. Okay, see... <laughs> What you did right there, <laughs> what you did right there was you made me think that I just made up waffles. <laughs> Do you like waffles? Yes or no? For, I went, I thought I was going crazy for a second. I was like, yeah, they're like pancakes, but they have like squares, squares. In I, like I, describing I, that is wild, but go on. I, I'd prefer a waffle over a pancake in most cases. I would I would say that I'm probably in, in the same spot, but I do, I do love a good pancake. Um, when I was a little kid, <laughs> when I was a little kid, my dad used to make me, uh, me and my siblings, dog cakes. And they were, so, you, <laughs> now wait, hold on. Okay. Now hold on. <laughs> now wait, hold on a second. So um, I assume you've made pancakes before. Yes. Like you know how that process works. Yeah. Do you know how to, and you know how to make like, like chocolate chip pancakes or like blueberry pancakes or whatever. Sprinkle them in afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you put it on the, on the like griddle or whatever, and then you put the, whatever you want inside it and then you flip it and it's delicious. My dad would do that, but he would, (laughs) he would use cut up hot dogs. (laughs) 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 And, um, can I tell you something, Justin? Yeah. I would love a dog cake right now. (laughs) I, I, I mean, no, you don't do you don't do syrup. You just roll them up, sort of in like a like a like almost like a crepe, and you just eat it like that. Um, they go together pretty well, the hot dog and the uh, the pancake. Yeah, I can. I mean, like corn dogs are a thing. I can imagine that being not a bad thing. It's did, similar. Did you yeah. put ketchup and or mustard on that? Uh, no, I did not. Not mm. not no. That seems like a little much because because hot dog alone ketchup mustard good, pancake alone ketchup mustard bad, and that's. 
<laughs> I, I have done that before at a Denny's, like when when they give you a pancake with your with your breakfast, oh, sure. and it's like yeah. I don't really want this, but like I wonder if I put this ketchup and mustard on it, would it change anything? And just as bad as you think. <laughs> I and it seems pretty bad to me. Yeah. But I also I avoided like it, for that same reason I avoided syrup because like syrup pancake good syrup hot dog bad yeah um although you know taste changes you get older but uh just a plain dog cake for me please but no we're not here to talk about our mouth noises or pancakes or ham cakes or dog cakes or what have you ham cakes was a thing my dad put a lot of stuff in pancakes no uh we're here to talk about video games because this is hitbox Justin and our dear listener to episode 30 well, of You said Back, dear Hit listener. That's <laughs> a single. <laughs> well, I figure you're probably not like listening in a group. Oh, okay. Probably I not. Like, <laughs> I guess listener is, is also correct. <laughs> I figured you weren't like huddled around a radio or I guess like an iPod home. Do they even make those anymore? iPod home. Or like a wireless know. speaker. Remember the iPod shuffle? That was a thing. I had one. Yeah. I had the iPod nano. It was pretty sweet. Ooh. Was it one yeah. of those fun colors? You clipped it? No, it was black and it was just with the scroll wheel yeah i miss that sound i like that sound a lot do you remember on the first ipod which i have the first ipod by the way it had breakout on it yeah 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 i played a lot of breakout i played a lot i think there was solitaire on my ipod something that was good and then when i got a i got i ended up with like an ipod touch like a used one Mm. played a lot of temple run played (laughs) a lot a lot of temple run but, um, Justin, unless you've been playing Temple Run this week, I think we should move on and talk about the games that we have been playing this week. So go ahead and go ahead and hit me with, with what you got. It's been a busy week for both of us, but I'm curious what you've been up to. So I started... Actually, I, I played an okay amount of, of games uh, this week. Um, I got a good, like, three-and-a-half-hour chunk into Yakuza Like a Dragon this oh, yeah? week. Yeah, so I kept my goal going, and I officially reached the point where it's like, you gotta grind to get through this. Mm-hmm. So some perspective... Um, you get to a point in the game and they're like, we need to have this politician run that we need to raise 3 million yen for. You got to get 3 uh, million yes. yen, right? I've heard about this, yeah. And I was like, great. And I look how much money I have after playing the game for 30 hours and I only had 700,000 yen. And I said, oh, crap. Oh, yeah, that's not great. Right? <laughs> so now I'm going to have to find a way to make the money. And of course, I looked online and there's some easier ways to do it than just like do whatever I've been doing. But yeah. it's still going to take a while to do that. Um, and then it's also at this point, I'm at level 33 with most of my characters. And the next dungeon, you should be level 50, which is a significant <laughs> jump from where I am currently. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lot. Yeah. I so. just did the math, by the way. Uh, three million yen. You know what that is in U.S. dollars? Uh, like uh, no. It's dollars. So, so it, that's quite that's quite a sum. But it only takes twenty eight thousand dollars to to run to run for an election. Justin, this is video games. This isn't political science. You're right. I, I did I help. Know. I did help. A, a, uh, I did have to stop a sniper who was shooting a parsimon tree. Uh, so I guess that game doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I'm going to say, while I do like the game, I'm going to say that it's, like, hand on the reality switch has sort of been a little wonky, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other game I've been playing is a fun one. Uh, it's a demo called Balin Wonderworld. Have you heard about this game? 
Isn't it made by the guy who makes Kingdom Hearts? Uh, Am I making that up? It's the Sonic guy, Yuji Naka. Oh, Yuji Naka. Is, is, I thought he was Kingdom Hearts. He might be. He could be. But like when you're playing this game, it looks like a Sonic ripoff. Okay. Is it good? Is it fun? So, um, oh boy, how do I go about this? Uh, so, like, the game is like a demo on almost anything. It's like everywhere. Um, and I'm playing okay. on the Switch, and it don't run so great. But I hear it's not because of the Switch. Oh. <laughs> I hear it just don't run so <laughs> great twist. in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, basically, you are uh, a, a character who... Um, the gameplay mechanic is that there are different, like, suits you put on that give you a different power usually related okay. to a jumping power. Like one of them is like you jump and spin like the like the Tasmanian devil. Oh, that's fine. Uh, the other one is like you're like a plant that you like get really tall and then you kind of like kick flip up at the top of it and go back down. And then you basically are just finding like little it, it's like a really basic version of a Mario game. Okay. That there are these little gems scattered around the world and there's like hidden stars, but they almost they're just like a a trophy that you get in hidden places. Mm-hmm. And like it's really like not a good game. <laughs> okay. Like, not only does it not run great, but like it's basically a one button interaction game. Like you you all of the face just buttons jump. is just the jump button. Like Y B A X. All of them, they get you to jump. Hmm. Same thing. They all do the same thing. And it's just like a really hmm. odd game. I mean, the music is kind of like catchy when you're playing it, but also like it's just like I don't know. I played it. It's there. It's going to release one day, and it'll be $60, Mm -hmm. and I don't think I will play it again but it's a demo so you should just play it and see like i to be honest like i can i i, I might seem negative on it um but like if this game was like 15 dollars, i see i see an audience for it and like mm-hmm. it's fine and i enjoyed what i did with it but um i would never pay 60 dollars <laughs> for this sure is there a release date for it or is it just a demo right now uh it's just a demo but let me see balin wonder world Still don't know, understand the name or, or thing like that. It's a it release date uh, in twenty twenty one, and just ambiguous twenty twenty one. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> the ball in Wonder World, I guess. Anything else? Yeah, and then for uh, Valentine's Day, uh, my girlfriend and I played started playing Unravel Two, which is a, a pretty fun little co op oh. game. Yeah. Um, some interesting puzzles that you have to do because basically you're the two yarnies that are attached to each other by a string. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like pull. And like hang mechanics, like one person can stand there and like hold the string, and the other person can like drop down and swing. Um, and it's kind of a fun little, fun little uh, jaunt back and forth. And one of the things we did that I thought would be frustrating, but actually was kind of fun, was they had some like challenge rooms, which are like really kind of like intricate puzzles that mm-hmm. you have to think about, like with your mechanics and your swinging and where your strings go, because your strings can basically like get like tied up in like tangled in the world like around oh, objects and stuff like that that's kind of cool and it was just, it was just a, it was a fun little puzzle platformer that i was um i had a lot of fun with and and i, I think claire did too so I, I think it was it was a good it was a good little little game to play on the on the day of togetherness of couples oh nice that is that sounds wonderful can i tell you what i've been playing sure so um this has been a a tumultuous week for me and so basically every free moment that i've had i've played apex uh, to the point where last night all I did was dream about Apex. Oh like, wow! <laughs> yeah, and that's stressful. I'll say um, because it's like playing Apex, but if it was a dream, so it's not exactly like playing Apex. Um, 
and it, it sort of throw. I'm not going to tell you about my dreams because I don't think there's anything more boring than listening to someone tell you about their dreams. But it's like if you were playing a video game, but then the video game was drastically different. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like not not a fun experience. But I've been playing a lot of it. I think I've put in like 20 hours or something, um, just because when I would just I've been working, and then when I'm not working, it, uh, we're dropping hot boys. So um, I, I got to yeah. like what what. Why is this sticking with you to this point now? Because it seems like in the past like month and a half, you've you've gone hard on this game. Yeah, so it has to do with the fact that one of my group, uh, he his PS4 like bricked. So you know how your PlayStation freaks out if you like unplug it. Yeah. <laughs> so I found out why it does that. Um, so it happened to him, or or he had like his house lost power or something like that, and. He turned the PS4 on. It was like error code, and he's like, "Uh, what's this mean?" He like looked it up, and it's just like, "Oh, it's just broken." <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> just straight up broken. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he did not have a, a PlayStation. Um. And and we had started playing Apex at the beginning of you know like one whole year ago, basically. Um. At the beginning of like you know quarantine and staying home and everything. Um. And then now he has solid internet and a PlayStation. And so now every time we hop on, like at night, we're just all free. So we just hop on and, and play and new season's great. And then I've been, I've been trying to play final fantasy seven. The, here's the problem, Justin, I got to that point where it's like, Hey, do any side quests you want to do before, <laughs> before you go to the next place. Yeah. And not that it's the side quests are uninteresting, but it is kind of like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's, let's see what's up with these kids and, and whatever else. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been slowly trying to take care of that but it, you know apex has sort of gotten in the way <laughs> yeah i do have to say like part of the thing with like uh, rpgs like that i like to finish all the side quests because usually it helps you level up but I, yeah. I think this game more so than most when you head into the final couple chapters like the challenge is not insurmountable like it's hard mm-hmm. but it's not like to the fact where you have to like power level up like crazy in order for it to be competitive and i do think the good thing is how the end of the game really starts to be cool about how they mix up the combat scenarios once you oh, have cool. all your party members and how they kind of like go back and forth with that kind of stuff, it, mm-hmm. it it does change the game up in the last fourth that I think is 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 a really good strong ending. Plus, then the story is going to get even more batshit crazy. So get ready for that. I'm excited. I like it. I've t- I, you know I have gone from being like yeah it's fine to being like oh that's a, that's yeah. a good game. Um, yeah, but uh, it it's a, it's a good game. Justin, I'm seeing here that we have written this. They, they finally announced that new Ratchet and Clank game, or not announced it, but they announced a release date for it. Yeah, and I also feel like I'm the reason this happened, because for the oh. first time ever, I, I, I booted up my PlayStation 5, and I started playing Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 re- remake. Is it good? Um. So, yes. Uh, it the, mm. It's really hard to tell, because the, the way that the 2016 remake is done, it's like this bridge between the movie and the first game, and it's also like not just a remaster, it's like a significant remake. Um, okay. And it's, it starts off with like this character talking about the, how he met Ratchet, um, which is the Lombax character, right? Um, and uh, it's it's basically replaying the first game but also there's this like context about like this has already happened and we're going back and also the movie's happening so uh, it's just a little hard to get into Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be honest it's the combat that's actually kind of fun 
that gets me to really? to really like it. Um, and uh, I always knew that Insomniac was known for their uh, fun weapons, and that really is like the the star here is like what your different weapon choices are, um, because it just really kind of plays around with combat, and you're constantly running out of ammo on some of your guns, so you're switching weapons around, trying all the different things that you can do with it. And the combat, it's a fun little third person shooter, uh, mm-hmm. so it I I'm happy with it. I can't say it's like my favorite type type of genre though. Um, yeah. But probably um, when the game gets released on as announced June 11th, I will. I'll probably pick it up. Uh, I mean, that'll probably be a good time for me. <laughs> you know, knowing it's uh, the summer. The summer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the day after my birthday, so I'll probably. have I was going to say, I thought that was like right next to your birthday. Yeah, I'll probably have a few bucks in my pocket extra to to, uh, to pay for this. And if if anything about the marketing looks true like i think it's going to do some really cool things graphically um and that's what i'm still sorely missing on the playstation 5 are these like really cool graphic uh testing games uh, that i thought the medium was going to do (laughs) well that's the thing it seems like like there have been a handful of like playstation 5 exclusives and obviously this first xbox series x exclusive and whatever um but this seems like it's a playstation 5 game Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know I think we're going to be seeing a lot more about, like, look at what Ratchet & Clank is doing more than we did about, like, look at what Demon Souls is doing. And, like, uh, what else is exclusive? Is that it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Yeah, I think that might that might be the list. There's probably something else, but... There's got to be. Even but, if it, but you know Destruction I mean. All-Stars. Oh, good. <laughs> I was, I, I've been thinking about that game. I was way too nice in that review. I, I have deleted it off my PlayStation because I would boot it up and play a level and be, I play around and be like, I'm actually good. Well, uh, reviews are forever. Uh, That's going to haunt you. No, nah, it's fine. I've been pretty good with my other stuff. And I was not the people giving it a 10 out of 10. Not to not to disparage on anyone's opinion or anything like that. But that's wild. Uh Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I, going back to that game, it's just really average. Like there, uh, there, there are better games like that. But I mean, if you got nothing else and you want to play something, I guess that's fine. Yeah, I would say, like, to concisely sum up how I feel about it, it's fun enough, <laughs> and, and, and so take that for how it is. But, um, uh, but did you hear? Um, so, uh, I, for, in an article from ComicBook.com by Logan Moore. Um, they were talking about, uh, he, uh, he mentioned a uh, PlayStation blog post um, in which they uh, hinted at the name of the new female Lombax, which is like the alternate reality version or the, the through the rift version of yeah. Ratchet. And they use the word Rosie in it. Hang in there. You'll be feeling Rosie soon, which is an odd use to be to use the, 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 the word Rosie. So yeah. um, the, the Internet has been uh, speculating what this character's name is going to be. Can you guess what the Ratchet counterpart's name is going to be? So, like Rose or Rosie or Rosalind? What I've been hearing, Rivet. Rivet? Ratchet and Rivet, Rosie the Riveter. Oh! Isn't that clever? Like, that's, if that's yeah. if that's what ends it, it ends up being, that'd be pretty clever. Um, so I think that's a, a a fun little tease. And you know, going back to this game being a PlayStation Five exclusive, um, mm-hmm. I really trust Insomniac to do this right. Uh, th- what they've done with the, I mean, they're good. Yeah, what they've done with Miles Morales to make that thing run with the the ray tracing, uh, sixty frames per second mode, and, and making it look as good as possible and running as smooth as possible. Like they're clearly playing around with this technology in ways that. 
um, I think are going going to be really good for this game. So I'm, I'm excited for it uh, for that. Yeah. Even if it's not my favorite genre or type of game, but again, having fun with Ratchet and Clank. So if you want to get it, it's free on the PlayStation. What do they call that thing? The the plus print like the plus whatever. Yeah. The, whatever it is, like the golden yeah. plus whatever. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. And um, while again, not while while not Game Pass, still pretty good deal with if you get PS Plus. Oh, I, I think that is an incredible deal. You get what? Last of Us, Uncharted, uh, Call of Duty 3, Until Dawn, Detroit, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone, God of War, Horizon. I think I would say that's a super, yeah. a Persona 5, like that's a super, super solid deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah not, I would say it's not necessarily on par with Game Pass because Game Pass is like new games the day they come out. But um, yeah, yeah. But you could do much worse than getting that. You, I'll say you that. could. You could. So good. Good job, PlayStation. This fanboy over here is proud of you. I uh, you lost a little goodwill with Destruction All Stars. So you're on thin ice here, PlayStation. But I'll trust you. As a, as a, as someone who's never played Ratchet and Clank, seeing those trailers though makes me like that looks cool. Yeah. Like I would try. Like I'll play that. Yeah. It seems good. Um, Justin, more news. Here's some more news. Um. And I think this will be a nice segue sort of into the conversation that we're having today. Um, can we talk about butts for just a second here? <laughs> it's a little less fun than maybe we're making it sound. Um, so Mass Effect Ultimate, what is it? Legendary Edition? Sure. Trilogy? Yeah. yeah. The remake, the re-release, the remaster of, of Mass Effect is coming out. Um, and it was revealed that they are cutting a lot of those gratuitous butt shots of Miranda and I assume other characters throughout those games. Now I played those games when I was um, in high school, uh, and by those games, I think I only played two and three. I don't remember those being there because that would be weird if I did. I think, but hearing that they're taking them out makes me go, I think that's the move. I think that's the right move. This was not the reaction of the rest of the internet. What do you think about this? Dude, like, like it's fine, right? Like wh- who cares? Like do that please do that anyone i'm judging you right now everyone if you are upset by this you're you've been judged by me sure justin Matkovich. i'll I'll hop on that train and plus and and peter so okay so both of us are judging you because like if you're playing mass effect to get a weird angle of her polygonal butt Dude. It's like blocky. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even whatever. Uh, yes, yes. It, it's so weird. And, and I know that, like, this is the kind of thing that makes me, like, embarrassed to tell people that I like video games and that I do video game stuff, you know? Because these are the headlines that people see. And every single time, I'm like, I actually think, I would like to think that people who play games are good, that, like, the general gaming population yeah. is, is good. And I, I, I think I still believe that. But then this this super vocal, and again, I don't have the stats on this, but I'm going to call it a vocal minority, comes out and it's like, well, I'm not going to play it if Miranda's ass isn't in every shot. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing such a bad job at representing us. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's it's so disappointing. Go on. What's, I, what do you say? I think there's a, there's a lot I'm personally concerned about with the Mass Effect remaster. And okay. I, I'm concerned that these games aren't going to hold up the way that they do in my mind. Because I like them a sure. lot. Like, when I played them at first, I liked them a lot. Yeah. Um, and 
I feel like there's a lot of dated elements of these games that obviously they can update some of the stuff, but they can't mm-hmm. update everything. I mean, some of it's just like the core functions of the game and things like that 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 mm-hmm. are, are going to be dated. And I think part of it is the, you know, the sexualization of characters. I think yeah. using Miranda as that perfect example. I mean, her backstory can kind of like it. it, it she was created to be the 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 perfect human right like she was supposed to be the perfect specimen in in every uh level of things but you know you you just have this these dated versions of what like romancing in video games is and yeah i i think that stuff is 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 worrisome to me also i i I do wonder about how the the game is going to hold up from just a gameplay perspective as well um Mm -hmm. and i think the one thing that i'm not worried about is the storytelling perspective but also games have come a long way since these first came out and i know it doesn't seem that long ago but it's long enough that games have gone way way yeah further well and it's it's long enough i think even like socially to to not have those like gratuitous butt shots in right you know, and like i know it's like kind of funny to talk about it a little bit but like at the end of the day yeah this sort of thing has progressed to the point where it's like yeah don't put that in there you weirdo have i ever told said on this podcast my miranda story before are you going to talk about the figure you have or something like that yeah i'm going to bring the action figure out just give me a second <clears throat> so I have this uh, this boxed action figure of Miranda. I'm holding up to the camera. Um, this could be the thumbnail. That's pretty sweet, right? Cool. So it's a it's a thing. So I got this because um, my my brother in law thought it was so funny how I had to replay Mass Effect three three mm-hmm. times uh, in order to save Miranda from dying because I'm that kind of player who wants to make sure that my character no one dies like i want to get yeah. the perfect playthrough on my first time and um turns out like a conversation stem that you have at the very beginning of the game uh is uh, a conversation stem you have at the very beginning of the game is like the the reason she dies or not later in the game really yeah it's like in the oh first like 40 minutes <laughs> Jeez. And when I when I beat the game the first time and she died, I was like, okay, let me go back to this one part that I thought was the part. And um it wasn't the part. Uh <laughs> then I had to replay it again. Yeah. And I saved her, but well, like the poor choice of transition yeah, nice. there. Well I saved her. Comma. But was it worth it? The uh, answer is no. Yeah, you tell me, because I mean like uh, Here's the thing. I, I remember playing Mass Effect. I played, you know, two and three, and I liked them, but I don't really remember a whole lot about them. Is she that good of a character? Is she even in three that much? No, no, she no. Lived, she, uh, she lived in two for me, but uh, she. I remember her not being really a big player in three. Yeah, basically, like, she's a uh, not a party member in three. Yeah. At least I don't think she is. I mean, someone would correct so. me, but I doubt it. Um, and you have this like basic like relationship comment at the beginning of it, where it's either like you continue or end the relationship you had with her in the previous game, um, mm-hmm. and then based on what you say there, when she comes back in the end, she either survives the thing or doesn't survive her her kind of like end of a story arc. Um, yeah. And it's really kind of also ambiguous that she dies or survives too. It's like it's not like very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I forgot what the expansion was, but there's an expansion that has um, uh, you have like a party with all the characters. Yeah, it's apparently like resolves it a little bit better than 
how it does. Yeah, it's like it's like a fun it's like a fun expansion, and there's like it just basically like it culminates in this big party with all the characters there, and it's just kind of fun to have her there. And I wanted to see her in that to like see yeah. what her reactions to all the other characters are because I think that's one of my favorite parts of that game. Or when they're a little goofy with the characters and the personalities, and they're like, you know, you get to see them talking to each other and interacting right. with each other and judging each other. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that so Miranda. Um, Miranda has a very special place in my heart, um, and it's not because of the poor camera shots. It's because she almost ruined Mass Effect Three for me. <laughs> well, I'm glad she did not. Uh, so I think I think that's a nice little segue into our in our conversation here. We're going to be talking today about the best and worst relationships in video games. Um, you and I have created some small lists, and and I don't think we need to like go down the list and say exactly what they are. Just make it a little more natural here. Um, but but you have Mass Effect written down uh, on your best uh, list here. So so what about Mass Effect do you think really exemplifies those good relationships? And are you just speaking specifically about Miranda or are you talking about like the game? Is All right, so I need to know. I need to know yeah. before before I talk about like relationships in this game. Uh, in Let's go back and forth, and you're, and you're going to say who you romance the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Okay. Mass Effect 1, I romance the space racist, Ashley. Why? What? What's wrong with you? I didn't know it was the case until I, like, all of a sudden, it's like you, you commit, <laughs> oh. and all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, other aliens, <laughs> they need to go, and you're like, whoops. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> whoops. Uh, I didn't play one, so uh, I abstain. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, in uh, Mass Effect 2, uh, it was uh, Miranda. It was Miranda for me as well. Is it because of her action figure? Yeah, I saw the action figure when I was in high school and i was like this is the character i want to have on my wall i am holding her face up to the camera again her face looks it's really kind of busted bad it's like, not it's very scary <laughs> it's, it's quite bad um and i think the reason being was um like it, it, I, I, I ashley's not a playable character in that game i don't think right uh, I don't remember if she is or not, but um, also like liara is technically not a playable character in that game until the dlc for that one Got it, got it. Um, and like I was like, oh, who's gonna be here? And I just chose her because she was like from the beginning, and she was in my party for most of the game too. Well, that's the thing. She's introduced. I think it's her and what Jacob, right at the beginning. Yeah. And it's like, all right, these people are my crew. Um, you know, let's let's. She she because she's loyal. She's been there the whole time. I'm like, we got history. Yeah, yeah, and it and wasn't we, because we, of the we, camera we angles. And then in Mass yeah. Effect Three, um, I chose Liara, which is the right choice. So I rem- I remember at the beginning of Mass Effect 3 meeting up with Miranda and she was like, are we still sort of together? And I said yes. And then I didn't know if that meant I could or could not date other people. I assume probably you can, but I did not. I abstained because I was like, oh, I got to be true to You true didn't to pop Miranda. that at Chivo? I didn't know what that meant probably as a kid. <laughs> To be clear, achievement. I'm talking about achievement. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, I just, know. And I, the way you said it, I was like, it took me the wrong direction. But no, I did not. And I quote, pop that Chivo, Justin Makovich. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the reason I said uh, Liara is the right choice, because she's the only character that you can quote unquote romance in all three of the games. Oh, cool. In the first one, in the second one, in that DLC, you can. There's like some dialogue options that you can do that. And then in the third one. And mm-hmm. Uh, going back to your initial question about why Mass Effect, I think, was kind of a unique situation. This is one of the first games that I played that it was like 
I think like the relationship wheel of it and mm-hmm. like the dialogue wheel, the good and bad option and like the different options. It was really like at the forefront of this game. This was like part of the selling point of Mass Effect 1 was like how you can make these RPG decisions with the characters and your relationships. And that was like one of the big controversies of this game about how there was a, a yes. gay sex scene and that there was, you know, all these like romancing options in it. That was one of the the things that was the conversation with it. And I do think mm-hmm. that's part of it is that the this game, it's about the characters. It's about getting to know these characters and then finding which characters you like. Some people yeah. love Garrus. I never was a fan of Garrus, maybe because I played Male Shep and I didn't have any kind of romantic relationship for that bug man. But um, the bu- it's the bug part that didn't do it for me personally. Like even if I was pl- if I played as the female shepherd, like he's a bug. It's got a bug <laughs> face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, it's a bug. It's a giant bug. And he's a cool guy with a big old sniper rifle, but still a bug. Oh, I'm just going back to Mass Effect 2. His introduction is so cool. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Um. And I think like that's like a, a memory of the first Mass Effect is like is the relationship thing of it. And I think for, yeah. for better or for worse, I think that's what uh, that's what the games are known for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't in the first Mass Effect like there there's like a a point where you have to decide who you're going to like commit to. And basically, like when I play RPGs, I try to make everyone like me because that's how I am in real life, and I hate to make people yeah. not like me. So I've been like buttering up Liara and Ashley the entire game. And then it gets to this point when I'm like in my quarters and both of them walk in and they're like, listen, we know you've been talking to her. I know you've been talking to her. Who are you going to choose? And I was like, uh. <laughs> and you're like, you're forced to make this like choice in the game. And I was like, oh, well, I guess Ashley again, wrong choice that I made. Um, but um, I-, I think like. This is such a like Mass Effect is is so well known for these that I just think mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's hard to talk about relationships and games without talking about this specific one. I think it definitely paved the way for for the way that we look at relationships and games and stuff. Uh, and I, I think that seeing how it is in these remasters is going to be quite interesting. I think for for the reasons that we sort of stated before. Um, let me talk about the first one on my list here. Uh, it's Final Fantasy X with Yuna and Titus. Now, I re- recently replayed the uh, remaster on the Switch for Final Fantasy X, and I forgot how lovely their relationship is. He's kind of a... He, Titus is the main character, and he's kind of a weirdo in the way that like all, I think, Final Fantasy main characters are. He was kind of he, he's not like brooding and and, and like kind of emo in the same way that like a lot of the other Final Fantasy main characters are. He was more of a um who's the guy for Ichiban. He he mm. reminds me a little bit more of Ichiban than than any of the other sort of protagonists mm-hmm. in, in those other Final Fantasy games. And um so he's kind of a weirdo, kind of like not particularly relatable in that sense, but his relationship with Yuna feels very, very um, nice. She's this, she's this, I don't know if you've played it. She's this, she's a summoner, which means that she is going to try and end this, uh, the life of this giant monster that comes in and kills people every so often. And to do that, she has to die. And Titus doesn't really understand that. And so they sort of get to the point where I'm not, I won't spoil it, but they sort of get to the point where he comes to understand that. And he's like, Hey, we shouldn't do this, but she's like, I have to. And I think, I think that kind of, um, conviction from characters is very sweet and their relationship is very sweet. Um, and it's not like 
gross at all, you know, in, in the way that like, you know, a lot of characters in Final Fantasies, women especially, are, are like hypersexualized and stuff. But she's very modest and, and I think it's nice. I have I have one thing to add about the relationship and then I have a question for you. This is the okay. thing I want to add. Let me hope it's loud enough. I, I know what you're about to add. What do you think I'm about to add? Let's try laughing. Ha ha ha. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Right. It's so bad. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you played Final Fantasy X? Absolutely Justin? not, but I've watched the four-minute cutscene that that's related to. and I, it, They had a bad day. I believe, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of people died. Or if not a lot of people, they... They mess something up, and he's really stressed about it, and she's really stressed about it. And she's like, want to scream? And he goes, no, I don't think that'll work. And then she says, she's, she talks about how, like, she wants to laugh. She tries to laugh when, when she's, even when she doesn't want to, because it, it sort of helps her get through these, these moments. And then they start doing this really horrible canned laughter, which is what everyone knows, where it's like, ha! <laughs> it's like it's like uh not millhouse who's the kid in the simpsons <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah, yep um so they they start doing that but then they start laughing in real life and it's it's very actually a sweet moment it's not maybe the most well acted but it is but i i think that that scene in particular gets a bad rep and gives the whole game a bad rep because looking at it sort of out of context and again in context it's like not a perfectly acted scene or anything but i think that um out of context it certainly takes away from that moment. Um, so I've never played Final Fantasy X before. It's on my list of things I want to play, but I am mm-hmm. a little concerned about going back to playing it because um, I don't think they have a turbo mode like they did with Final Fantasy VII, which made that fun to replay. Uh, I'm guessing not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess not. Um, and I know that's like a mammoth game, right? Uh, I'm remembering it was maybe 30 to 40 hours. Which is, which is, is a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. commitment for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy X-2. Yeah. So, like, you were talking about the Yuna uh, Titus relationship or Titus Titus, yeah, being like sweet. Isn't that game a little like sexualized? All right, let me tell you about Final Fantasy X too. So, let me be clear: Final Fantasy X is not um, free of the gross sexualization of women. Uh, Lulu is a character who is wearing the most impractical coat I've ever seen. It's it's <laughs> look it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm googling um, it right now. <laughs> she she wears this big fur coat that is like the bottom half is made out of belts and stuff, but the first half of it it's just like she wears it like at her nipple line, essentially mm. around her body. Was she the founder uh, of Lululemon? She was actually. They sort of go into it in the um, in the I think like, the second chapter of the game after you sort of meet up with um, Aaron and 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 everyone What's else. What's this little cat thing with with X's through its eyes that she's holding? Uh, so she's the mage of the group, and so she has the um, a Moogle. That's what that's mm. that's one of the like the Final Fantasy staples. Hey yo, you, uh, make sure you uh, you have your safe s- s- filters on if you're looking this up. <laughs> oh, I should have told you that. I should have led with that. <laughs> ah, shoot, yeah, no, Lulu, like, yes, that is like super sexual for no reason too. Like, there's no 
there's no justification for that. But uh, Yuna is not until you get to Final Fantasy X too, uh, which t- turns her and Riku and this other character that I don't remember uh, into pop stars. And they've got guns and they wear booty shorts. And uh, when I was a kid, I was so excited. I love Final Fantasy X. I bought Final Fantasy X too, put it in my PlayStation, uh, got it used from GameStop, put it in my PlayStation, turned it on and was like, I don't, I'm, this is not for me. <laughs> and then I never played it. I meant to play it uh, recently when uh, I got the Switch version of Final Fantasy X because it comes with X too. I just didn't get around to it. I, maybe I'll go back and play it someday. Um, yeah, it's it's like t- uh, Titus isn't in it. You play the you play as Riku, Yuna, and then this other girl that I don't remember. Um, and that yes, they are wearing booty shorts and and stuff like that, but. Does that kind of make sense? No, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, or at least to my understanding, Titus is not really in it. So um. Yeah, just different game. Just never played it. Yeah, not I think. To me. Oh, geez, like I think that like it's just interesting with going like the kind of the back and forth because with the good and the bad of these games, right? I think like Final Fantasy X. There's obviously good. You've also mentioned some of the bad. Mass Effect. Yeah. Some good in that, but there's also bad. There's you know sexualization of characters. I think is obviously like something that could yes. be a little gross and even uh bioware's like we got to fix this in this 2021 remake we cannot release it the same state that we released it back in the day exactly right i do feel like there's something as like like a gamer um about like when you're playing a game and you get to choose a relationship option <laughs> that's just so weird uh, yeah yeah and like it it just feels like you 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 start to like it's almost like ob- objectifying in a way of people and like you're you're trying to pick things i don't know it just it just is like i think like when people are looking at at like video games um from the outside and we were kind of talking about this i think before we were recording and like how you see like the negative stereotypes of gamers and gamer culture mm-hmm. in general i think these things do not help with that at all no i think it is extremely hard to explain to people who don't play video games how relationships in video games work and and i would say as a generally all-around regular guy um (laughs) like like i never look at these relationships in games and like think about them as real you know because obviously they're not and obviously they're like extremely limited to what is going on in the game so like I've heard people talk about like, oh, I had a crush on this character. And like, I, I understand that for sure, but it's never like manifested into something that I've seen it manifest into other people maybe. Yeah. And those are the people that you point to uh, and you generally, you, uh, <laughs> the people point to when they are talking about like, Hey, here's why video games are bad and weird. And it's like, no, it's not all like that. We don't all have diva body pillows, like, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? I guess. Oh no, I'm to- I'm totally like in in agreement. Like if that's not the case with everyone, but that still is like part of it. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think even like going back um uh, when was the first Mass Effect released? Was it 2008? 2007? Yeah, and that that was what 13 years ago. And yeah. I just think gaming has come so far and is going mm-hmm. so far and like I think relationships have evolved. I have a question for you about yeah. relationship choosing in video games. Can you from from an outsider perspective without putting too many spoilers in there, can you talk to me a little bit about the good and the bad of Persona 5? Yeah. Um mm, You want it from the outsider perspective? Both. 
Like in general, okay. like because I think that th- this is an interesting like way to look at relationships and games from your personal experiences. Yeah, so it was actually interesting because Elena was very curious about it, and now that we're playing it together, she, it also is. I'm curious how it's going to go because she's going to be the one making choices like that and stuff in, in the game, and um, basically in Persona Five, you play as Joker, who is a heterosexual dude. Uh, I, it, Joker is the code name, obviously. When you go in as the Phantom Thieves, you get to pick your own name. But I'll Fun call fact, him Joker. That was from my here dog's out. code name too. Joker. Yeah. You want to know how he got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> He was spayed and neutered. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so so uh, you play you play as this this high school student, and you basically um, you build these relationships with all sorts of people. And for most of the women in the game, you have the option of um, entering a romantic relationship with them. And by that, it is a trophy and basically and like some fluff dialogue and basically nothing else. Um, there's a scene that happens in the game that happens on Valentine's Day where you get a text from the people that you're dating because you can. Uh, date one person or you can date them all if you wanted to you get a, you get a fun sort of ending um where they all find out and beat your ass um <laughs> which is <laughs> which is good. fun um but when i when i played through it i obviously um i had my eyes on makoto nijima <sighs> class president and <laughs> <laughs> and um and, and and so you play as a high school student and you have the option to date other high school students that are your friends or, or you have the option to date some adults, which is sort of where that falls into the bad category. I'll put it there. Um, particularly because the game is at opposition in the, its message and there are smarter people than I have talked about this. And, and there are plenty of videos that you can find on YouTube talking about this and stuff. But basically, the beginning of the game, um, your characters find their powers and stuff because they are going to change the heart of this teacher who is who's sexually abusing um, the, the, the women's volleyball team at, at the high school. So the game makes a pretty, like, a pretty big stance saying, hey, and come and getting this message across, hey, this guy is bad, these things that he's doing are bad, um, this is completely inappropriate and 100% wrong. And then it does let you date the teacher, like a different teacher, but that's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I, it's weird, it's weird. And from an outside perspective, I think it's hard to see this as like a you know, game that portrays relationships appropriately. But I will say, uh, I've heard arguments sort of on both sides of this, and I will say that I think the dating between the teenagers is appropriate. I mean, there's no, like, there, there are no, like, sex scenes in the game, and there's no, like, it's fluff dialogue that you get, and you meet up with someone on Valentine's Day. It's not, like, a gross sexual thing. And, he, like, even with the adults, it's the same sort of thing. And I think it comes down to how you play games and how you imagine role-playing games, Right? Because from an outsider, what I just said is, oh, picking which teenager I want to date is good. <laughs> and you cannot cut this clip. You cannot, like, clip that and, and attribute it to me out of context because I think I'll get fired from my job at a high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the way I play games, I look at the character that I'm playing and I say, okay, what does this high schooler like? 
he likes high schoolers and he does not like adults. I've heard the other argument though, where people are like, well, I'm an adult. And so like the journalist adult appeals to me or the doctor adult appeals to me. And so I think it's sort of whatever, however you view yourself in a, in the video game. That said, I don't think it does a very good job of picking a side when I think it should, particularly because it does pick a side about inappropriate relationships between students and teachers. Yeah, it's it's weird too because almost with that with the the first uh, uh, Mind Palace with that game, it's almost mm-hmm. like the issue is not the relationship; it's how it's he like treats the manner them. of it. Yeah, which is weird, obviously. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I I think there there are these like with role playing games specifically like there's just this this odd connection between character and your own identity with certain games like in Persona Five you're Joker, yeah you're not like a make your own character and in um, Mass Effect they have the create your own character option but like I never use that personally because I'm like I am male shepherd or a female oh, shepherd got it, got for it. that you know what I mean like I feel like those are your characters that you're playing you're playing as those people mm-hmm. um a game that uh I I want to talk about that's really problematic for me uh and th- there's no excuse with this one saying like oh this is a game that came out in 2010 uh it's fire emblem three houses so a little setup to what this game is, and it's it's similar yeah. enough to Persona Five that I think it kind of is a good good kind of like connection. Mm-hmm. You are um, basically this prodigy child of this like hero named Blyth Blyth Blyth. Blyth. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Blyth. He's in Smash. From now on. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're this like uh, it's unclear how old you are, but you're basically the the child of this other um, like big great warrior mm-hmm. and the the warrior basically takes you to the school uh this this school that um is meant to like train warriors of the future and you're basically okay. at like a high school and you become a teacher there because you've shown proficiency in what you do and you basically like are really good on the battlefield and because of that they make you a teacher again unclear of how old you are but you are a professor mm-hmm. at the school and then you have a choice about which class that you want to like be in charge of like just like with uh harry potter and hogwarts like you have the yeah, different yeah. houses same similar thing here um and once you're there you start to like build relationships with the students which again is like an, is seemingly initially like a normal thing but then yeah. there's like that jump of when it starts to get a little creepy and like romantic mm-hmm. and you're giving people gifts and then the relationships grow and you have these like tea parties that you have um, that okay. you can invite people to tea parties it costs an activity point but basically you just sit there and you try to like make the person blush and uh, and like say the right things to that person and you can do yeah. this with all the students and all the other professors at the, at the um the school and th- I, this might be a light spoiler but there is um like two halves of the game there is the one when it's like them in school and that's the one when they've like a few years after school and they've graduated okay. and stuff like that. But like the relationships that you started when you're in teacher, like when, when you're their teacher kind of carry over to when they're adults and they end in romances. Like you can marry your former students by the end of it and uh, stuff. And it's just really weird how like they yeah. set that whole thing up and it just feels like 
like with the whole game being the idea that you are this teacher at this school and you're teaching them war games and you're you're being a part of war games and things like that and you are their teacher and then all of a sudden you're like having romance options and trying to make them blush and saying flattering things to them it's really weird um it kind of just like out of place i think with the rest of the game um and uh it it is like i was the kind of person that i wanted to build up their relationships because like that i wanted to get the optimal run so i had the most power up so i wouldn't lose my characters and fights and stuff yeah but like it just feels weird to do that as you're just thinking about stuff and like you know who do you want to spend more time with do you want to spend time with this teacher or this student you have like those options every once in a while and it's just kind of like it's just don't feel right as a gameplay mechanic from a game that came out in 2019 yeah and that being said like that stuff aside like it's a really fun game like i love the strategy aspects of it i love the 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 fact that your relationships do kind of lead to stat buffs for characters and stuff so there's a reason to do it but it just feels like the the dressing of it and the fact that it is like you're sexualizing these students is just really weird and and persona does the same thing where it's like it may you have to form these relationships with adults and also students obviously to be more powerful and to get these bonuses and stuff. But like, don't do that. <laughs> like, don't, don't do that. Uh, it's, it's tricky and, and it's hard, I think to be able to say like, this is good. This is bad, obviously, because they are, uh, I mean, I, I think the, that line is at different places for everyone. For me, that sounds like the kind of thing that I would like, that sounds like the kind of game that I could play and be able to say like, yes, this is, the kind of game I'm going to play, but I'm not going to play it in that way. You know, I, like I'm not going to romance these characters because I'm playing as the teacher and, and they're my students. And I, I think it speaks to a larger issue um, of these like tropes in like anime games and in anime in general about those sort of relationships. Um, and, and I hope that we start to move away from that because I think that like, from what I've heard about fire emblem three houses is like, it's a very stellar game that handles a lot of stuff really great, except for that. Same thing with Persona. Incredible game, handles all these things really well, but it drops the ball in such a major way here. And I'm hoping that developers and and writers and things see that and want to move away from it because it is so gross and bad and just like seemingly out of place. So what what is another game that you have here that, that you appreciate the... Um, relationships in what what so i you know i again we're talking negative and and i want to be clear this is not just about video games i feel like this is this is issues with having kind of like um weird relationships it's a it's a, a an issue in all sorts of media from movies to tv shows to even music videos and things like that like i think this is yeah. a common issue that it, it transcends video games it's not simply like a uh, uh an issue with with this medium um but I do think there's a lot of games and things that do relationships pretty well. Um, okay. And it's funny because even a lot of these ones that do it for everything they do well, there's like something weird. There's or wrong always with them. something. There's yeah. Always something. Um, so the the first one uh, that that comes to mind, and we were also talking about this before, is in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of what they do in this game uh, is is pretty interesting with like the relationships in it. And yes, you have these like you know these two characters in um, Aerith and Tifa who are you know I guess quote unquote potential romantic interests for Cloud. Yeah. But the whole time, Cloud is this like pouty, kind of like comically so. Um, <laughs> Such an edge lord. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and yeah. the the funny thing is how like both of those characters like 
poke him for being that. Yeah, and it's right. like it's like they're, they're they're like making fun of it, and I think they do that so much better with with how Cloud is portrayed in, in the remake than they did in the original, obviously, because you get so much more of his like acting in it. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I was really concerned about with the game, and this is not quite exclusively to relationships, but um, with the um, the cross dressing honeybee lounge part. And they have the, like with, with part of part of the mechanics, and I talked about the reason I didn't want to platinum the game is because there's like different dress options you can give uh, for Cloud and the girls based on like how you like finish like dialogue options and side missions and stuff. So there's still mm-hmm. this like dress up option, but then they have this like moment in the game where it was a controversial moment that people look back in which Cloud dresses up like a girl to essentially like be sent to like a sex dungeon area um, to like yeah. try to get this like crime boss like um, in a place where he could like attack him and find information. But then they have this whole like, dance like almost like this ddr moment (laughs) yeah uh, it's so weird it's like his like glow up almost when he goes from being cloud to like dressing up into like his like the cross-dressing area when he puts on the dress and like it's just such this beautiful moment about like being true to who you are and being feeling beautiful no matter what you look like and i was like when i was like playing this game i was like not I, I got a little emotional expecting right? that yeah. yeah it was like like if we're talking about top moments of 2020 in video games like that is definitely one of those that i just did not expect um and it was such a, like, a good moment that and i know in a lot of that we, we talked about a lot of like you know uh japanese rpg games it seems to be like a lot of some problematic things like are in those games but right that was such a self-aware moment and i really applaud square for doing that um but then you still have the issue with like very sexualized, uh, uh, you know, Tifas and, you know, era things <laughs> as well. Right, right. So that's still there. But they do try to like that moment, They looking at what they did in the past. And you clearly said, see that there's progress from when that game came out in the late 90s to today. Um, yeah. And that was great. I liked it a lot. And, and something we, we sort of talked about, I think probably before we were recording about this, was like it never treats cloud dressing as a woman as a punchline it is it is so it is humorous because you have this you have cloud who we'd have known to be this like sort of brooding like he's not like a man's man but he is he's dressing putting a dress on is not one of the things that i imagine that he ever thought he would do right (laughs) but but he puts this dress on and, and he's dressed up as a woman he's wearing makeup and all this stuff and they sort of uh, Aerith sort of pokes fun at him because he's got makeup on, not not in a way that's like you're a guy, you shouldn't wear makeup, but in a way that's more like Cloud, Cloud, you have makeup on, <laughs> not not because of he, uh, who he is as, as a guy, as a man, but as who he is as a person. And I was, it was so refreshing because I was waiting for it. You know, I was waiting for the jokes to be about him being dressed as a woman and, and like for it to just be a punchline. But it wasn't. And it was so sweet. It, uh, maybe sweet's the wrong word, but it was it was refreshing to not have it be like super shitty about like, LOL, a dude wearing a lady's dress. Yep. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Right. And it's like, come on. Um, so I thought it was nice. And and I would have to agree with you there on, on that being one of the better moments of video games in 2020. Um, and I, uh, yeah, it's a good game. 
Um, another relationship that I thought was done really well, um, mm-hmm. uh, and not that the original relationship was like problematic in any way, but I think the way it was portrayed in the game uh, is in Breath of the Wild. I feel like they do a good job of dealing with the uh, Link-Zelda relationship, and I'm going to also add that to um, Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity okay. too, um, because you, you, you always have this like you know, we oh the princess in Zelda, and then you have Link as being like you know like the one saving the damsel in distress. But mm-hmm. in that game, Zelda's never really a damsel in distress. Like right. she's very strong, and her, her, the real story it's not about Link discovering anything. It's about um, Zelda coming to to terms with her power and mm-hmm. like her the her whole life she's been holding back and, un, and unable to do like unleash her true power and true potential so it's kind of like her coming of age story but like how they like make that relationship with link about him being just a good soldier and a good bodyguard and there to help her is is really well done i think and again it's not like a romantic relationship it's just like a it's a very good um not at all sexualized relationship or tension filled yeah. relationship between the two of them and I also love the Mifa and uh, Link side story with that. With, with them, yeah. It's just such a cute, it's so cute and it's so heartbreaking um, about the, you know, what her eventual fate is. And it's no spoiler. I mean, at the beginning of the game, you know, they all die. Uh, but uh, it, the, it, even like seeing in the cutscenes when they're looking back about how she's just so like, like, captivated and interested in in link um and then link is still kind of goofy the whole time and messing things up but they just have a very sweet real relationship i feel um and i i you know looking at you know how do you fix the the damsel in distress narrative well you make them strong you make them real you make the relationships not based on like weird things it I, i thought that game handled it really well I want to piggyback talk, uh, talking about the damsel in distress thing, but before we do, I want to talk about uh, another Zelda game that I think does a good job, but then also a bad job, um, and, and that's Wind Waker with um, Tetra. Tetra finds out that she's Zelda. Spoilers for a, what, probably what, 20-year-old game? A 20-year-old game that's game. real good. Yeah, real good. Um, but but Tetra, Tetra is this pirate lady. She le- leads this ship of pirates, and she's really interesting and she's kind of a badass and she's like, I don't think you ever like fight side by side with her just cause I don't think that ever happens in the game, but, but she clearly can handle herself really well. Um, and the relationship that she has with link in my memory is, is kind of cool. It's kind of nice. And it's the, I don't think it's ever necessarily implied to be like romantic or anything like that. Other than the fact that it's a legend of Zelda game. And that's typically the way it sort of goes. Um, but then the, the sucky part of it is that she then gets like sidelined like so hard as soon as she finds out that she's Zelda, she goes to just, you know, wearing a dress in a castle yeah, for the rest yeah. of the game, which sucks. Um, but but I think that up until that point, I, I would say that it is uh, refreshing and nice that she is a more actionable character. And I think maybe the most actionable she's ever been um, up until that point in the Zelda series. And even um, like with going to Wind Waker, um, I forget the name of your sister in that game. Um, do you remember? I don't. Uh, uh, I think her name was Link's sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. It's her the name, Linkle no. character. No. Um, but that that like the damsel in distress thing goes with with that being your sister, and it's not so mm-hmm. much about like oh you have to get the girl to save the girl. It's like you're saving your family member, and yeah. like that's just like that's such a more believable 
relationship and a believable reason for this person to go after and like fight through, you know, hell and high water to, to save his sister. Um, yeah. and there's just a nice sweet moment, um, as well that I like, uh, the good relationship. Again, these aren't all romantic relationships, but just about how games portray relationships well versus not well. And I think that's a good one. Yeah. And, and here's the sucky part too, um, is that the common theme is that the games typically drop the ball in terms of women. Um, and I think that is a, like an overarching problem in terms of video games and, and stuff like that. And, and I think yes, the question, how do you get more women playing games and get more women in games? And the answer is make them better in the video games. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a much more complex answer than that, obviously. Um, and there are more facets to it than that. But I would say that a really good first step is stop dropping the ball with the, with the women. So that said, here's a relationship that I think is actually starts off not very good, but turns into something actually really good. And, um, it is Nathan Drake and Elena, whatever her last name is Drake in, well, eventually, <laughs> uh, in uncharted and Elena in the first game. Uh, I, okay. So I went back and I replayed all, I, I played all three of those games, the first ones. And then I played the fourth one, um, last year. And apart from not maybe holding up the best because is from 2008 or seven or whenever is like the relationship between him and her is very surface level. It's, I believe it's romantic in that first game, but it doesn't need to be because the character development and growth is like not there like at all. Um, she's very one note. He's very one note, but you sort of give it a pass because of when it came out and then you get the second one and the story's a little bit deeper. The characters are a little bit deeper, but at the end of the day, it's still kind of one note. Third one, sort of same problem in the fourth game. It is so like, I, I think I read a review of it once that talked about how it's the opposite of the damsel in distress story because you, Nathan Drake are the damsel and then she comes and saves you. Uh, not, not getting into spoilers of, you know, how the game goes, but like, she is the person who is like, Hey, you need to stop doing this. It's, it's also, it kind of reminds me of the last of us part two a little bit. Um, but you end up liking Drake a little bit more than you like Ellie in that sort of way. Um, because, because Drake sort of takes a step back eventually and says, you're right. Um, but, but she is like their relationship is so believable and so real and you get where he's coming from, but you understand why he's being a little irrational. Um, and, and so I think that her portrayal is great. And I think that the way the game frames her is like, she's the one who's making sense, <laughs> you know, like she's the person who's thinking this all through and you are not. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's an interesting relationship and it, I think it is one that you don't really see in games a whole lot. And I, I would hope that, you start to see more of those, but um, especially going from how one note it is in the first few games to being a much more fleshed out, very real sort of relationship. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think uncharted is like one of those games that by the time you get to the fourth one, how they've developed their relationship, it's, it's so great. And uh, this is again, light spoilers. It's in the first like hour that the moment when you have both of those characters, and you have them like in the house and they're doing like he's like eating doing dinner. like eating dinner, yeah. playing the video game. Uh, he he's uh, Drake is up in the in the attic and he's like shooting all the things with a Nerf gun, basically. Mm -hmm. I think when a game does a relationship right, it's when they're real. 
and they have real moments yeah. with characters. And I think that's why, and that to me, honestly, that was the first time I really bought them as being a real relationship in that yes. fourth game at the very beginning. And uh, it's just such a, a good moment because you can tell it's real writing and you can tell that it's, you know, done by real people. And uh, I, I, Naughty Dog has only gotten better throughout the years of making good relationships or uh, good as real relationships. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thinking of The Last of Us Part Two. Um, one of my personal favorite uh, love relationships in video games uh, is from the Monkey Island uh, series with Guybrush Threepwood. By the way, one of the most formative characters in video games for me growing sure, up. Sure, <laughs> um, And uh, Elaine Marley. Um, she is like constantly like she 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 is usually the damsel in distress in this game when Guybrush does something stupid and like she yeah. like she basically has to like oh great you did this to me again like in uh, the Curse of Monkey Island the very beginning of the game um, you propose to Elaine <laughs> and you give her a ring that's really a cursed ring that turns her into gold <laughs> and like she finds out that it's cursed and then she's just about to slap you in the face for being a moron. <laughs> And then she turns into gold. gold. So it's like a gold, like frozen <laughs> like that. Um, uh, but like she's she's such they have such a good back and forth uh, with each other about like two like, uh, you know, you have Elaine's being a very strong character. You have Guybrush, who's a strong character in a way, but also kind of a goofball. But their interactions back and forth and the writing back and forth is just such a fun kind of quippy relationship. Um, sure. And, you know, it carries through all the different games with her um, and him. Uh and I actually was reading um, just kind of some some information about it. And initially, uh, when they were coming up with uh, Elaine Marley, they wanted her to just be like this like governor character, or this governor. But then they mm-hmm. eventually started to change it to make it more of a romantic relationship between the two of them. So it it just kind of like just fits so well that yeah, she she. Doesn't she doesn't ne- she doesn't need Guybrush Threepwood? He is literally not the person anyone needs. But right, like, right. It's just them meshing as people that that makes them work together and makes that relationship work throughout the game. So one of my favorites, and I, I can say this a million times, and the more I keep going back to talk, uh, how many weeks in a row have I talked about Monkey Island? Now I really want to go back and play those games because they are a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that that was just a good a good relationship in games to mention. Well, something that you just said, I think, really speaks to what makes those relationships work is when it's like, yeah, this person doesn't need this other person to to justify even their existence in the game. But the fact that they are together sort of it, it just makes it feel a little bit better and feel a little bit more real because I, that's kind of how it is in real life. You know, like no one really needs another person to justify them being around, obviously. Um, but when they when people do get together it's because of the reasons that they are alike and and genuine and i i think that's what makes a good relationship in a game unlike and here's a here's a here's a take uh unlike in sonic 06 when the the human woman kisses sonic the hedgehog and everyone's just cool with it don't do that <laughs> don't do that you've never um, kissed so, a hedgehog before um I'm trying to think if I have. And I'm actually wondering this. My older brother had a hedgehog <laughs> named Ween. Um, but Ween, Ween liked to hiss. Ween was like hissing at me when I had to watch, take care of her. And I didn't, she's, they're sharp. Do you know that? Like I thought that they'd be kind of soft if they weren't like agitated. Mm-hmm. No, they're sharp all the time. Well, if she was hissing at you, wouldn't she have been constantly just agitated with you? 
So maybe that's it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know, hmm. I think I think I'm discovering something about you and Sonic now. Some unresolved issues. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it, man. Maybe that's it. So I I have a copy of Sonic 06 for the Xbox 360. And um, I bought it when I was in college for too much money because I wanted to. I was like, I have to see this with my own eyes. And um, the hoops you have to jump through to get to that part of the game (laughs) is a lot more than I was willing to put into that game, Um, which is a a really I'll say this really fucking bad game. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's it's not good at all. in all seriousness, I think that the antithesis of, of what you had sort of said about um, Guybrush, Threepwood, and uh, what was her name? I'm Elaine sorry. Marley. Elaine Yeah. Um, is all of the relationships in cyberpunk. Oh, antithesis of anything. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that you look at a game series like like Uncharted uh, or uh, speaking about the relationships in that game or looking at the relationships in, um, y- you know, what you had said about Legend of Zelda uh, for uh, Breath of the Wild and stuff. And I, I wouldn't say that they are like, they have mature themes in them, but I would say that they're mature relationships and cyberpunk wants to be, wants to be, have mature themes in its I guess everything, but I'm speaking specifically here about its relationships. It wants to have those mature relationships while also having mature themes by having like, like first person sex scenes and all this kind of stuff. And like it fails on like every single level. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at, cause apparently the list of actually like romanceable characters in that game is very, very small. I like Pan Am. But I think the relationship sucks. Like, they go through a handful of firefights together, and and you either stick up for her or you don't, and that sort of is what defines you two having a relationship. And then it culminates in this, like, very uncomfortable first-person sex scene, as all sex scenes in video games are. Um, by that, I mean uncomfortable. And, and it's just, like, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's not a mature relationship. It just has mature themes. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where it like ultimately fails so hard because, you know, we were talking about Mass Effect and the controversy of like people people who didn't play games looked at that game and said, okay, these women just exist to be objects of desire for the male characters, right? And in in a, in a way that might be true, but I think that those characters are a lot more deep than than those people give it credit for or could even possibly understand. Um, as they don't play games and probably never played Mass Effect. But I think that absolutely is true in, in Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. it's uh, Cyberpunk is very problematic with their relationships because it's almost like there's so few of them that you can choose from that it just seems like you're you're kind of funneled into some. Yeah. And it's not even... It, it's They're not even, like, good. That's the thing. There, there's no maturity in terms of, like... like these characters don't even feel like they have feelings for each other right like with river ward (laughs) yeah like that uncomfortable relationship that you're kind of like we i think we both were like with it and it's like (laughs) no man (laughs) 
It's like, I think I said this on one episode. It's like, do you want to kiss? And I was like, maybe we could have some lemonade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, don't and it's, kiss. it's like they build this whole thing up when it's just like, oh, you're going to have this romanceable option with this character. And there's really like no intricacy with that relationship other than it's just no. like that's what the the game is forcing you through and it's not even developed well and it's just it, it, not only that like that that relationship itself was fine whatever but like it's just uh, so shallow and not great that's it that's it shallow well. um right and i i think you you were so correct when you're talking about Mass Effect that regardless of what those characters are there for, they are real characters who have yeah. real backgrounds and motivations and your relationships with most of them are things that are built slowly throughout the game and then you get to like, you know, you have relationship moments with those characters that lead to the end, which again, disturbingly enough will always be a sex scene that it like lead, like culminates in, right? Yeah. Um, But you still are like developing those relationships and the time feels right and there's backstory and motivations and all this other stuff with them but in cyberpunk it's just kind of like hey you like this girl you want her oh, okay well i guess you're gonna get her it now i wasn't there making either of these games obviously uh i was a child come on justin get with it but um <laughs> 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 but like in mass effect those characters feel like they were written as characters and then they said okay and and they can also be roman romanced by shepherd whereas in in cyberpunk it feels like you have these characters and it's like, okay, so here's the characters you can have sex with. And then how are we going to build the relationship? Yeah. And it, and it just doesn't work. Cause it, it's over the course of like three missions And are the missions good. Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think those are the best missions in the game, but like the, the Pan missions Am are ones good. Are you talking about? I think the Pan Am and the rivers ones are pretty good. Um, the missions are good, but like the, the conversations, the relationships are so one note and flat. And it's just like clearly leading to, is this someone you want to have sex with? Cause that's where it's going. It's like, okay. And I don't know about you, but uh, no character in their right mind would like my version of V who is wearing like a baby diaper and like a bicycle <laughs> helmet the entire yes. game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yes. think, I don't think that's the real, that's realistic by any means. No, no. And yeah, it's just like so wild how absolutely they dropped that ball uh, in, in a game that promised to be so much. And, and obviously we've talked about how, those were promised to be things that they that they weren't. But um, Justin, you have written down here on, on bad relationships, Toad and Peach. And I just want you to sort of expand upon that, maybe. Yeah, like, I mean, what are they up are to? they happy with each other? I mean, like, are they in, 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 in a Smash, relationship? Yeah, in Smash, Peach uses Toad as a shield. Um, Toad's always mm. just kind of hanging around. Like, he feels it feels just unhealthy from both perspectives. You know what I mean? Like. And there's so many of them. They just keep multiplying, and they're everywhere. Where did the well, toads they're, come they're from? They're the subjects, aren't they? They're the subjects of of the toad, what the toadstool kingdom. Of the yeah, the mushroom kingdom. Excuse yeah. me. So, so are we? Are you talking about a specific toad, or are you speaking about like toads in general? I mean, like, are they a species? I think so. I so mean, there's a Mario, lot of them. You know, I. <laughs> it's just a. He's always just hanging around the castle. What did he do when when Princess Peach was was captured by Bowser in Mario sixty four? I'll show you what he did, and I'm going to try this for the first time live on this podcast. Oh so I'm going to move my microphone for this back one. a little All right, bit. Here we go. <clears throat> here's here's what he did when she got captured. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! 
<laughs> that was not it, huh? Um, here, let me try again. To- my toad impression. Ah! Was that better? Uh, yeah, sure. No? Sure. I hope the microphone picked that up and it didn't just like auto cancel that out. Ah! Is that? Ah! <laughs> Yours is way better than mine. Uh, and I, I was trying really hard. Yeah. I mean, is I that- just don't understand the the voice change that he went through from Mario Kart 64 to every other game when it went from here we go like a really like high pitch like annoying one to then it's yeah. like. Ah! I'm told. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Um, uh, uh, to be clear, not a romantic relationship. It just doesn't, like, it's not doesn't healthy sense, on yeah. either end. Like, I For just sure. don't feel that that's a reciprocal relationship. They, they It's it's problematic to me. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Can I talk about, like, the weirdest relationship to me? Sure. It's not, it's not problematic, I don't think, but it is, like, weird. And you'll know what I mean when I when we sort of, Start talking about this. Uh, Booker DeWitt and Elizabeth from Bioshock. Mm. Where you, you know, bring us the girl, wipe away, wipe away the debt. And you go and you find her. And I remember playing it the first time being like, all right, Elizabeth. And, you know, you sort of have these conversations. And she likes to read books. And Book. you like to Booker. shotgun people. <gasps> Whoa, yeah. But no, she likes to read. And you like to brutally murder people. And. But as you sort of talk a little bit, it sounds like you might have more in common than you might think and, and all this stuff. And you're kind of like, okay, I could see it. And then you do find out that she is your daughter. Mm. And it immediately becomes like, oh, uh, oh what is mm. this? Mm. How do I, like, it made, it made, I don't know about you, it made me feel a little weird, a little uncomfy looking back at it, being like, oh, I shouldn't have looked at you in that way. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I do. Th- I, I I think we're on different opinions of uh, Bioshock Infinite, but I think are, that that right. game could have been good. And I think there's just so many things that are just there, and like they could have really gone deep into this stuff, but it just becomes off as kind of like Ugh, with a lot sure. of it. I liked it. Oh, it was fun. Swashbuckling adventure. I, I like the, the metaphor sky. at the end. Uh, which like the- I like those those creepy twins. Okay. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah with the heads and tails thing that was fun fun mm-hmm. moments uh the the religious racism was creepy you know what i mean yeah but they made that bad like it wasn't like no i know that was wasn't like, like a good thing they weren't like this is a yeah. good thing <laughs> <laughs> but like that, i think that cool that that cool world they set up just kind of goes away once you start shooting people oh yeah that's for sure because i mean it's it goes from being like hanging out in this world and like observing it to being just like empty barren wasteland of just like well time to shoot a hundred people <laughs> like yeah oh shadow uh, and maria that's problematic right are they fine what's going on with that oh from sonic the hedgehog yeah uh what was their relationship i think all right so let's talk about all right let's talk about shadow the hedgehog so i own a copy of shadow the hedgehog for the gamecube it's okay. in my room um and my memory of shadow and maria is that so maria is Eggman's cousin. It's a ridiculous so, sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Doctor Robotnik's grandfather, his daughter was Maria. So, oh wait, no, is it his mom? No, his aunt, I think. And then, so Doctor Robotnik's dad, uh, grandfather, excuse me, created Shadow the Hedgehog. So technically you would say that he's kind of his son. Okay. Yeah. Which me but he's in love with Maria. Right. Which is I guess his 
sister, sister, but she's a human. He's a hedgehog. Right. I think they tested out the waters of Marie of a of a hedgehog human relationship in Sonic Adventure Two Battle. <laughs> where it all began. And, yeah, and, and Shadow the Hedgehog, and they saw like, well, it wasn't like necessarily a negative reaction, and then they were like, let's have him kiss a person, <laughs> and then there was like, oh no, we grossly misunderstood. We grossly misunderstood this data. <laughs> All I, I just I'll have, say that's a bad that's a bad relationship. I just have r- memories of Sonic Adventure 2 battle whenever you die as as Shadow you just hear Maria <laughs> yeah <laughs> Maria <laughs> that's very that's very Martha isn't it yeah yeah uh, we gotta talk about Justice League off there because <laughs> <laughs> no one cares um, I'm I'm that's gonna be a movie that comes out in what 11 days oh or something boy like it's gonna be horrible still yeah, it was uh, it was bad. I saw that with you, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, anyway. you did. And you, you, you were sitting alone in the theater too. <laughs> it, was a, it was a packed theater, and they sit. We found like the four seats right up front. And we were with five people, and I had to sit all the way alone on the other end of the theater. And I'm just sitting there having the time of my freaking life watching Justice League, maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And every <laughs> single time anything ridiculous happened, I'm like talking to the screen. I'm like, oh, come on. And they're like all the way across. And everyone's like looking at me like, shh, can you please, can you please not? Oh, my gosh. I've never been shushed in a movie theater before <laughs> other than Justice League. Never. I'm usually so respectful. And, and everyone's sitting there watching it, loving it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Anyway. It was not a good movie, guys. Don't watch it. No, it's it's a bad movie. But you don't need us to tell you that. Thanks for listening to our show. Uh, sorry about the Justice League thing at the end here. I'm going to be curious what that Snyder Cut's like. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, all right? I think it's going to be bad, but... You don't come to me for, for superhero movie opinions. Although you probably could. I... I have a lot, and I know a lot about superhero movies, and and you do too. Uh, to my understanding, I've heard. Uh, it. I've, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman yet because why would I? Yeah, uh, I saw it, and let me say, you don't have to. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Real quick, Pedro Pascal is Joel, huh? That's gonna be good, right? That'd be, that'd be pretty good. He has the face structure and the haircut for it. Yeah, and and like he plays a good sort of vengeful dad in mandalorian who just <laughs> has no problem like decapitating people and like and the, actually when they cast uh grogu as ellie i was i was okay with that yeah oh no oh justin we watched the trailer for season three of mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know the other girl she's also she's from game of thrones yeah but i've not seen that um, she's she's good. But, at it. She'll, she'll be fine. It'll be interesting to see like when she has like a more like front facing role because she was just kind of like the the strong, young, empowering character in in um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, and she really stole all the scenes she was in. So I have I have faith that it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good casting. Well, hey, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod or send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com, you can let us know what you think about relationships and games and which ones you thought were good or bad or or good and bad because, hey, here's a spoiler alert. Most of the ones we talked about were good and bad, except for Shadow the Hedgehog and Sonic and all that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make an uncontroversial statement and say those shouldn't have happened that way. Yeah. 
Um, you can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave a review there uh, or share this with a friend. I, I used to say in the early days of this show, uh, which, by the way, I went back and listened to, and I think we've come a long way. Uh, <laughs> I used to say, like, you share this with a friend or an enemy if you want to make peace or maybe distract them for an hour while you're trying to get the jump on them. Uh, but I, I think I, I stand by that still. So, Justin, do you have anything else to add here? Yeah, yeah. don't the, don't kiss your hedgehog. I'm going to start saying that at the end of every show now, I think. <laughs> Remember, old games are old. And don't kiss your hedgehog. <laughs> See you later. Bye! Ha ha ha!